Today I want to share with you from the Word of God concerning uh, the ability to do what we've been called to do, the anointing of God to strike and to ignite a passion within us to do what we are uh, what God has designed us to do, the very, uh, you know, ignite the passion so we can discover our purpose, not only discover it, but fulfill it. In Romans 8, 3 from the Living Bible, it says, it's not that you don't know what to do, but that you don't have the power to live up to what you know. And I don't know about you, but I lived that way for many, many years, especially in my growing up years, my developing years growing up in a Christian home. Uh, knew right from wrong, knew what to do, and also knew what not to do, but really didn't have the power uh, to live up to that. And even after becoming a, a Christian at a, you know, in my early 20s, still not really uh, knowing I had received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but still not really tapping into the, the passion and the power and the ability to do what I know to do from Scripture and the ability to do what God has called me to do. You know, Jesus, before he ascended to heaven, after he had finished his mission here on the earth, he had, been gone, he had uh, gone to the cross, he was buried, and he had been raised again from the dead, he was resurrected. But before he ascended to be seated again at the Father's right hand, his first order of business to his disciples was, was to wait in Jerusalem until he, they received the Holy Spirit. And so that power to ignite our passion is the person of the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to share with you today and how, how important it is for us to be open and to be receptive to what God has in store for us. I want to begin by reading a portion of Scripture, just two verses from Isaiah chapter 32, verse um, 15 and 16. Isaiah 32, verse 15 and 16. Until at last... The Spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Then the wilderness will become a fertile field, and the fertile field will yield bountiful crops. Justice will rule in the wilderness, and righteousness in the fertile field. In context here, uh, chapter 32 of the book of Isaiah, it, it, it's uh, the ideal that, that's pictured here makes this particular passage a messianic uh, passage, and it's describing Christ's current reign in the, in the spiritual dimension. And also, it's a picture of his physical reign during the millennial reign. So it's a picture of Christ's spiritual, uh, uh, his current reign spiritually, and a, uh, a picture of his physical reign during the millennial reign. Now, we're not in the millennial reign yet. We're in between that, and we're, we're living in a time that's known as the church age. And when Jesus ascended to be seated at the right hand of God the Father and, and promised that the, he told the disciples to wait for the Holy Spirit, then on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, a new dispensation was birthed, and it's the dispensation of the church or the dispensation of the grace of God. And so we have a very unique representative to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. Jesus took great, uh, he was a very 
emphatic, I guess would be a good word to put it. He, he, he was very direct in, 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 in coaching the, the disciples and what it would look like after he's ascended and that the Holy Spirit uh, would, uh, would come from heaven. And so here this verse begins in verse 15. It says, until at last the, the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven. Poured out on us from heaven. Have you ever found yourself in a difficult season? Perhaps a season of discouragement. Perhaps you may refer to it as a, a wilderness experience. Just a season of dryness. A season of a lack of passion. Uh, really things were... You, you struggle with being hopeful. You struggle with being optimistic. And hopelessness just kind of prevailed everywhere you look. Uh, you're committed to being a Christ follower... Uh, but there's no passion. There's really no lack of purpose. And just like, I know I'm born again, but, you know, really, isn't there more to Christianity than this? And uh, I have personally experienced the hopelessness that life's tests and trials can bring our way and, and just a, a lack of information and a lack of yieldedness to God and, and so forth. And just as experiencing a dryness in my Christian walk, my, you know, up until I've received open up my heart and received the advocate that Jesus is saying is his representative until that occurred in my life. I was going through the motions. I was going to church because I had been trained to go to church. I went to church every Sunday. It was, it was a rarity that my parents did not go to church and take me to church with them. And so it, it becomes a habit. I can remember when I became, a, when I was a teenager and I had my driver's license in my car, I distinctly remember one Sunday morning, not going to church, I decided I was going to go to the beach. <laughs> and I was driving down to the beach, and I mean, look back at it now, and I think, I felt so guilty. I thought, I am going in the wrong direction. I didn't know what beach I was going to. I'd never been there before. I was just heading east, figured if I keep heading east, I'm going to get to the Atlantic Ocean. I don't know how I ended up in the Pacific, but <laughs> no, it was the Atlantic Ocean. I got there, but then coming back, I got so lost in Philadelphia. I've never been in Philly, but I found my way back. But the guilt that I felt for not going to church and of all things, going to the beach. And while I was going down through New Jersey, lo and behold, here's some farmers out working their fields with their tractors on a Sunday a.m. I mean, to me, that was just everything was so wrong about this. I thought, my goodness. <laughs> so that was my experience, a very religious type upbringing, but not, not a lot of uh, power and passion to, to really live out what we were being taught to live out. And so that was always lacking. And I just love the way this verse begins here. It says, until at last the spirit is poured out on us from heaven. The dry seasons that we have in life, the wilderness experience, those times of hopelessness, those, those things can all change rapidly in a nanosecond in some instances. And it may not always be that way, but that can all change when the spirit is poured out on us from heaven until then. And the good news is because of Jesus, we are not without an advocate. We are not without a coach or a counselor. We are not without help, nor are we without hope. 
for uh, we have the Holy Spirit. Verse 15 says that at last the Spirit is poured out on us from heaven and he is poured out on us to empower us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 teaches us that, you would, that we would receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon us. And that power helps us to overcome all of life's challenges, any life's challenges. You know, we, we need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives to do what he has what God has called upon us to do. So because of Jesus, we have access to the Holy Spirit, like, like in the book of Isaiah said, until at last the Spirit is poured out upon us. The good news is that has happened. Jesus Christ has made him available to us. And I want to share several passages of Scripture from the Gospel of John just to show you the sequence of, of, of Jesus' teaching to his disciples concerning the advocate that he is talking about, the person of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, I want to encourage you to read, uh, make sure that you're following on the screen or whatever device you may have or your Bible. And just so you're, you're seeing it and hearing it, I really want this to, uh, uh, to become alive in you. You might be sitting here today thinking or, or watching online thinking, well, I've heard this before. I've experienced this before. Uh, I know you have, and so have I. But it's always good to be reminded and to be refreshed. And if we haven't heard it, we need to be taught and we need to open up our hearts to receive what God has for us. But in John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17, this is uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate, another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You know him. Everyone say, I know him. So we're talking about the advocate, the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Godhead. And Jesus said here, he said, I'm, I'm going to ask the Father and he will give you another. Uh, from the Greek language, that word another is translated from a Greek word that means an, there's two different Greek words translated another. But this one is for an, another of the very same kind. Like you could, you could uh, talk to me after church and say, I'm going to go out and buy another car. Well, that doesn't mean you're going to get another car of the very same kind. You can get another car, but not of the same kind. But Jesus is saying here, I'm going to send you another advocate, another of the very same kind. He is identical to me. So this is news. This is first time news to the disciples, to the followers of Jesus. Now, can you imagine just for a moment being in their shoes, their sandals, and uh, they're walking with Jesus. They're being discipled by him. They can touch him. They can hear him. They're eating with him. They're traveling with him. You know, there's a physical presence about Jesus while he's here on the earth. And now he's telling them, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send you an other just like me, another advocate, another coach, another counselor, another person to teach, another one to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. He's just like I am, 
but you can't touch him. You won't be able to touch this person. You won't be able to see this person. You have to, you're, you're going to hear him in your spirit. Now, I'm embellishing this here, but I'm, you're imagining what there's, basically this is what Jesus is saying. I'm not going to be here anymore, but I'm going to give you another, just like me, identical in every way. The scriptures tell us that uh, when you read in the book of Hebrews, in, in, in the very first chapter of Hebrews, in verse 3, it tells us that Jesus was an exact representation of God the Father. He represented God exactly. People say, well, what is God like? Read the Gospels and find out what Jesus was like. That's who God is. Jesus represented God on the earth exactly as he is. Now, Jesus is leaving. He's going, to, he's going to ascend back to heaven, and he's going to be seated at God's right hand. But he said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. I'm not going to leave you without an advocate. I'm not going to leave you without a coach. I'm not going to leave you without a helper, without a counselor. I'm going to send you another of the very same kind. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So in this season that we're living in, in this dispensation that we're living in, the Holy Spirit is, is our go-to for direction. He is our comforter. He's our guide. He is our power source as, as we are living in this dispensation. So I want us to really open up and receive that which Jesus has for us. So now look at verse 26 of John chapter 14. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, I love that. Jesus is saying, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, this, this other identical to me. So the Holy Spirit is, is Jesus' representative. He's representing Jesus to you in every way and fashion, just as if Jesus himself were here with you. Sometimes you may be thinking you need a healing touch from God. You say, it'd be, just, it'd be wonderful if I could just reach out and, and touch him like, like the stories in the Bible, the people in the Bible, when they reached out and they touched him and, and touched the hem of his garment and they miraculously received power, they received their miracle. We, we can do that through the Holy Spirit. We still have that, we have that identical, we have the representation of Jesus for us in the person of the Holy Spirit and he abides in you and he will never ever leave you. So we no longer need to be looking externally, we need to learn to tune into the Spirit of God that is an exact representation of Jesus, and Jesus was an exact representation of God the Father, so we have all that we have need of living right here within us. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representation, that is the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit representing Jesus to you exactly as Jesus functioned when he was on the earth. If I was in the same room as Jesus, I know I would experience peace. You have Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit in the room. He's in the room. He's in your heart. Jesus said he'd live in you and he would never leave you. 
So we need to stop looking back and thinking, if only I would have lived when Jesus lived. If only I could have been living while Jesus lived the earth and had the opportunity to meet him and to walk with him and to serve him when he was physically here. That would have been so much easier. No, it wouldn't have been. Jesus was only one place at one time. And if he wasn't in your vicinity, then you couldn't touch him. When he came by your town, you were fortunate enough for him to come through your town. Now you could reach out and touch him and receive your miracle. But the Holy Spirit, who exactly the advocate, who is Jesus' representative, is everywhere. He abides in the Christians, and he abides in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. So he is accessible at all times. He is, is Jesus' representative. That is the Holy Spirit. Jesus went on to say here that he will teach you everything. He's your teacher. He's your teacher and will remind you of everything I have told you. So the Holy Spirit, the, the advocate, Jesus' representative is here to teach us and to remind us of everything that, that we have been told. People say, well, I've never experienced anything supernatural. I'm going to tell you something. When you're in a situation and, and all of a sudden a scripture comes to your memory, that's supernatural. The Holy Spirit did that. That didn't just happen. The Holy Spirit brought that to your remembrance to encourage you, to strengthen you, to empower you. And so we need to not lose sight of that and, and, and allow ourselves to become distant and, and, and start feeling like we're in a wilderness and God's nowhere to be found. He is so to be found in us, in you, in one another. So we are not hopeless. The Holy Spirit has been poured out and he is available to each and every one of us. So the advocate as Jesus' representative is teaching us and reminding us things that, that uh, Jesus has spoken. And so tap into that power source and, and never ever let go of it. He's teaching you and he is reminding you. Now in John chapter 16, beginning at verse five, John 16 and verse five, says, but now I'm going away to the one who sent me, and not one of you is asking me, where am I going? Instead, you grieve because of what I told you. But the fact is, it is best for you that I go away, because if I don't, the advocate, the advocate won't come. If I don't go away, then I, if I do go away, then I will send him to you. When I go away, when Jesus is on ascension, when he ascended back to heaven after his earthly ministry was complete, when I go back to heaven and I'm seated at the Father's right hand, I am going to send the Holy Spirit. And it's better for you. And we say, it's better for me. So it's better for us to have Jesus as representative here among us all throughout the entire globe through the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the church of God, which we are members of. He's living in me. He's living in you. That is far better than this globe existing today and having Jesus only in one town and one village at one moment. Going to raise a Hallelujah. If you don't get excited, I'm going to start singing that. So, 
<laughs> Does everyone say, I'm excited, I'm excited. <laughs> about my advocate. Amen. Amen. We want to be excited about him. He said, it's best for you that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. Judgment will become because the ruler of this world has already been judged. And in verse 12, he said, there is so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. You can't bear it now. Jesus wanted to share so much more, but he said, you're not, you know, it's too much. It's too much to download at this very moment. But when, everyone say when. when. It's not what we saw in Isaiah 32. Until then, until then, and when. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. So you really don't need to be tuning in to all the world media to find out what's going on, what has happened, or about what's going to happen. For sure not 24-7. I'm not opposed to getting snippets of the news, being conscious of what's going on, and being prayerful about what's going on, but not allowing ourselves to be intoxicated and to, and to continue to feed that intoxication of a worldly input. But rather to come to a place where we recognize that, yes, Jesus has ascended. He's seated at the Father's right hand. But the Holy Spirit of God is here for me today. And he is teaching me and he is telling me about the future. He's leading, he's guiding, and he is directing the Holy Spirit is prompting us. The Holy Spirit is leading, guiding, and directing. You say, Pastor Ray, how does that happen? Primary direction from God comes through the written word of God. You have the instructions in God's word that we're to love one another. We're to forgive one another. We're to pray for one another. We're to be generous in our giving. We're to bring our tithes and offerings to the church. We're to uh, go into all the world. We're to, we're to uh, share the gospel. We're to be witnesses. Those are all inst written instructions in God's word. And that primarily, those instructions keep us busy for the most part. However, there are specific events in our lives. There are specific events for different local churches and ministries that, that, that we are to embark on that are they're not spelled out in the they're not spelled out in the Word of God, but the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us and directing us in those areas. Say, so, well, how do you get that direction? Through being a person of prayer, being a person of taking some reflection time, taking some thinking time, taking some quiet time, and, and ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, uh, as my advocate, as my coach, as my counselor, as my helper, you said that you would teach me. You represent Jesus Christ exactly. I can't imagine Jesus ignoring someone's request for direction. 
He represents Jesus exactly. You need direction. We can expect, fully anticipate that the Holy Spirit will be directing us. That can come through a still small voice. It can come through the voice of a, of a fellow Christian, someone that you trust, someone that you know. I would recommend it someone that you know and trust. Don't make any major decisions on what someone else said that you don't know. So, you know, test the spirits. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit. Make sure it's of God. But he is interested in, 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 in leading you, in teaching you, and guiding you, and letting you know of things that are yet to come. He will tell you about the future because he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So everything the Holy Spirit receives from Jesus, what Jesus receives from the Father, the Holy Spirit receives it from Jesus, and the Holy Spirit downloads it to you and to me. That's the sequence. You say, Pastor Ray, why are you emphasizing this? Because we have a tendency to uh, have a consciousness about God and about Jesus, but we have a tendency to forget about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, because he's not visible to us in, in a sense that uh, we think of, of uh, especially Jesus being here and being visible. We, 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 can, we can picture and we can imagine but when it comes to the Holy Spirit, you know, who is this kind of elusive? And, and, uh, and, and unfortunately, some people think, well, you know, the people that I've experienced, the Holy Spirit, you know, they're kind of flaky. They kind of acted weird. I have news for you. Your Aunt Susie was flaky and weird before she became a Pentecostal. <laughs> the Holy Spirit does not make anyone weird the Holy Spirit makes you wise unto salvation. He convicts the world of sin. He represents Jesus identical, exactly as he is. That is not weird. There's nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. If you are holding back of opening up your heart to receiving the Holy Spirit because of some type of weirdness or something that you experienced that was kind of, you, know, you thought it was really odd, you know, please don't do that. Stick with the word of God. Stick with God's word. He'll lead you. He's teaching us. He's guiding us. He's directing us. Amen? Amen. So open up and, and allow him to uh, be. He, he's, the Holy Spirit is here on assignment every bit as much as Jesus was here on assignment. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. And his primary assignment was to go to the cross to shed his blood for the remission of the sins of the whole world. Jesus was here on an assignment. He fulfilled his assignment, and he was ascended back to heaven, and then the Holy Spirit was sent to continue and to represent Jesus exactly as if Jesus were still here. So there's nothing weird about him. There's nothing flaky about him. So just push all that stuff aside. Anything that you may have experienced or seen or witnessed or heard someone else say, just put it all aside and stick with the word of God. Just stick with the scriptures that we're sharing with you here today, how he is an advocate and he's interested in guiding you into, into all truth and, and to tell you about the future. To me, that is such a comfort. He is the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He's called the comforter. He's called the advocate. He's a coach. Now, a, a coach will train you how to run. A coach can train you how to swim. A coach can train you how, how to lift. And a coach can train you how to, you know, to go to the gym and, and, and become stronger. But the coach doesn't lift the weights for you in the gym so you become stronger. The coach doesn't run for you so you can run faster. The coach doesn't uh, hit the ball for you. The coach coaches you in a way that, so, and, and showing you how you can do it. And he comes alongside you to help you and to assist you, but you're doing it. 
That's how life is today. I'm doing life, but the Holy Spirit, as an advocate and as a coach, is coaching me on how to do it well. I still have to lift the weights when I go to the gym. I can't just have the people at the gym say, well, if you lift this weight and you do this weight and you do these presses and you do this exercise, and, and they're coaching me and they're coaching me, everything they're telling me is true, but I'm not becoming stronger unless I actually do what I'm being coached to do. He's telling us to walk in love. He's telling us to love one another. He's telling us to be generous. He's telling us to be kind. But that doesn't mean it's, it's being done unless I, oh, thank you for reminding me. Yes, I, I, I will be kind. I will walk in love. And I will overcome this situation. So open yourself up to him. Allow him to teach you, to remind you, to coach you, to do all things well. In verse 14, that he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me, all that belongs to the Father is mine. And this is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Whatever he receives from me. It takes more than knowledge to ignite passion and purpose within your heart. There are scholars all throughout the church world they know the Bible forward and backward, but they not have not necessarily been transformed by it. Renewal and transformation are activated by the advocate, the power, and the person of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. And if your heart, if your heart has, is experiencing the same thing my heart has experienced at different times and saying, surely there has to be more passion, there has to be a greater purpose, surely there has to be more clarity about the things of the future. If that's what's going on in your heart, like was in my heart, I remember in my early 20s after I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I, I still was not, I was going to church out of routine, out of habit, and out of religious tradition. I knew, you know, okay, we're here, should be over. Oh man, he's still not done. Gosh, oh my goodness. They're going to read another text. Oh, man, that was my church experience. But then one day I ended up in a church, and they had a revivalist come in. And this revivalist was teaching on the Holy Spirit. And for the first time ever, I didn't know what he's talking about, but I just knew something ignited within me. And I could not wait to go back to church on Sunday night. Because I was so excited about what he was saying. And I went Sunday night. And I left Sunday night. I couldn't wait to get back Monday night because he's going to be there Monday night again. And he's there several nights. I forget how many it was. He's probably there through Wednesday night. And I was so excited about going back. And what he was teaching on, he was introducing the, the advocate, Jesus' representative. He was representing and he was, teaching, he was teaching about him, not an it. Jesus always used personal pronouns when he talked about the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a person. So when he was teaching about the person of the Holy Spirit, I wasn't comprehending it, but something ignited within me. And, and for the first time ever, I remember feeling so good that I wanted to go to church. I wanted to go. I remember saying, I want to go. 
It's not obligation. I wanted to go. And I was so amped up. I was so pumped. I was so excited about it. And this was Sunday morning, Sunday night through Wednesday night. And man, I was ready. I go back to church Sunday morning. And the minister pretty much just left us know that everything you just heard the last couple of weeks, we don't agree with that. And all the wind just went out of my sails. I thought, oh boy, I'm back to this boring church again, coming out of obligation. Coming out of obligation. There's nothing worse than trying to be committed and serving and doing it out of obligation. And of course, the good news is, is I was uh, just a few weeks after that, I found out that a, a, a young church had started up and they were word of faith, spirit-filled, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, whatever you want to call them. And the name of the church was called the Worship Center meeting at the Lidditz Rec Center. And I went there, and the very, the very second Sunday that I went, there was a guest speaker there teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I remember opening up my heart and saying, I want that. And when I prayed that prayer for the Holy Spirit, I felt like I was received a big old hug, just a big warm bear hug. And I opened my eyes, and there's no one around me. To me, it was the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I was not used to being hugged in my culture. So receiving a hug was like, wow, I just received a big hug. And it was the Holy Spirit, the comforter. And ever since that, my, the, my walk with God and my life with God, and shortly after that's when I sensed the call to go to, uh, that I was called into ministry. And, and even then I, I resisted that because I was still... My mindset was still what I had experienced growing up, and I thought, I don't want anything to do with that. That is so boring. I don't want anything to do with that. That would be such a boring life. But here I am, bored out of my mind all these years later. <laughs> no, I'm not bored out of my mind. There's always plenty going on. But the Holy Spirit has made such a difference to me personally, and I want to invite you to experience him as well. Because what he will do for you is he will represent Jesus to you exactly as Jesus is when he's here. And Jesus was the exact representation of God the Father. So say, is the Holy Spirit safe? Is that receiving the Holy Spirit, is that safe or is that flaky? Nothing flaky about it. He's the third person of the Godhead. If you haven't opened up your heart, and you're born again by the Spirit of God, but the Bible teaches an infilling of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter uh, 8, it was 10 years after Pentecost. They, they discovered some disciples and said, have you received the Holy Spirit? They said, we haven't even heard about the Holy Spirit. Well, then they taught on the Holy Spirit and they prayed for them, laid hands on them, and they received. In Acts chapter 19, it's 20 years later. Paul, they, they, they were in Ephesus and, and they asked the Ephesian believers, said, have you received the Holy Spirit since, you since, since you're born again? They said, we haven't heard about the Holy Spirit. Same thing, prayed for them and they received the Holy Spirit. I, I share those two passages with you to let you know that it was not just on the day of Pentecost experience and then his ministry ceased, uh, you know, after the church was birthed. Yes, the church was birthed with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is still here today, represent, representing Jesus to you and to me. And through us, he's representing Jesus to a lost and dying world. He's the one that gives us the power, the anointing, the, the, the words to speak in our witnesses. He helps us to witness. 
So you say, I, I need help. I need, I, I need passion. I need to be, I, I need to have a, a little more going on here and, and, and be excited about sharing the good news of the gospel. I need to be excited about, uh, about God. I need to be excited about reading my Bible. I need to be excited about worshiping. I need to get some, uh, I need to have some, some zeal in me about life and, and just, you know, and, and not, not just be boring and expecting people to want what I have. The Holy Spirit will do that for us. So I'm going to invite you to stand up. And if you're saying, Pastor Ray, I would, love to re- I would love to have this person of the Holy Spirit. I'd love to receive him into my life. I have Jason's right here. Jason, they're going to lead us in another worship song. So Jason's going to go back there where it says uh, the Connect Center. Jason, just go back to the Connect Center there. And if you want Jason to pray for you and with you, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll join him back there as well while they're doing this worship song. Enjoy worshiping God. But if you're saying, I would like to be introduced to this person of the Holy Spirit, the one that represents Jesus exactly as he is, I, that's what I want. I want to represent Jesus through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Meet us back here. And also, if you, uh, this is your first time, just beyond where Jason and I will be praying, there's a Connect Center room. We'd love for you to go back there and, and introduce yourselves and we'd love to introduce ourselves kate's back there and she has some good information for you so god bless you so much love you have a wonderful wonderful rest of the day please meet us back there we'd love to pray with you